Hi, I'm Gianna Volpe, and thank you for listening to The Heart of the East End on WLIWFM, the show where we get to the heart of any matter at hand with folks from all walks of life on Long Island's only local NPR radio station. We stream online at WLIW.org radio and welcome your comments, questions, and collaborations of all kinds on The Heart of the East End. Live in the WLIWFM studio in Southampton, New York, I'm Gianna Volpe with local news on Long Island's only NPR radio station. Starting in Riverhead, Riverhead town officials met with representatives of the Navy earlier this month to ask for swift action to provide public water to residents near the former naval manufacturing plant whose private drinking water wells are contaminated with per and polyfluorac... Uh, perfluoralkyl substances known as PFAs. I've never seen it spelled quite that way. Um, uh, Denise Civiletti reports on RiverheadLocal.com that Riverhead Supervisor Yvette Aguiar, who in the past has called on the Navy to take responsibility for groundwater contamination and pay the cost of public water extensions to serve the affected homes, said the town demanded the July 8 meeting to bring the matter to conclusion. We presented an exceptional, strong case to them. We talked about water flow and PFAs, and they initially denied that they were culpable in any way, said Aguiar. Uh, Noting that it was pretty contentious, the supervisor credited Riverhead Water District Superintendent Frank Mancini and Water District Consultant Stan Carey of H2M with making a strong case for Navy responsibility. By the end of the meeting, Navy Representatives Melvin Acri, Naval Facilities Engineering Command for the Mid-Atlantic, and Michael Mall Esquire, an attorney for the Navy, agreed to bring the town's request for funding to the higher ops Aguiar said, and they claim that could potentially lead to some funding for public water extensions to homes near the former Grumman plant in Calverton. I got to try that word again. Polyfluoroalkyl. That's how you say that. Polyfluoroalkyl substances. All right. Uh, In county news, Suffolk County's $2.6 million public campaign finance program died yesterday as county lawmakers voted 13 to 5 to override County Executive Steve Ballone's veto of Republican-sponsored legislation to end the program. Burich Nise reports on Newsday.com that all 11 majority Republican legislators voted to override, along with Democrats Al Krupski of Kutchog and Thomas Donnelly of Deer Park. Last month, the Republican-controlled legislature voted 11-4, uh, with two Democrats and one Republican abstaining to end the program, which would have established a 4-1 to one public match of public campaign funds. The program, which was set to go into effect for the first time in the 2023 election cycle, would have set individual contribution limits and created a campaign finance board. Huh, looks like some oversight. It would have used revenue from Suffolk Regional Off-Track Betting Corp to provide matching funds to candidates running for county office who agreed to fundraising parameters. That is interesting. Legislative presiding officer Kevin McCaffrey, the Republican from Lindenhurst and other backers of the override, said public money shouldn't be used to support partisan candidates. On the tracks, the Long Island Railroad will not go forward with plans to operate battery-powered trains where tracks are not electrified, even as the agency faces, faces pressure to do away with its diesel fleet. 
Officials said yesterday, Alfonso A. Castillo reports on Newsday.com that 15 months after the LIRR unveiled plans for its battery electric multiple unit, which would allow electric trains to alternate between being powered by a third rail and by a built-in battery, railroad officials said tests showed that retrofitting existing trains with the technology wasn't feasible. The railroad spent $850,000 in a partnership with train manufacturer Alstom to test the technology, which railroad officials hoped would allow them to improve service in its diesel territory without having to electrify tracks. Diesel territory includes all of the LIRR's East End tracks, by the way. News of the railroad giving up on the battery technology came as a coalition of Long Island business and conservation groups asked state climate leaders to force the LIRR to do away with its diesel locomotives. In a letter sent Friday to the New York State Climate Action Council, representatives from seven organizations, including the Association for a Better Long Island and the New York League of Conservation Voters, asked that the state's plan to become carbon neutral by 2050 include a requirement that the LIRR eliminates the use of diesel locomotives through system-wide LIRR electrification. The 22-member Climate Action Council was formed as part of a broader state initiative adopted in 2019 to reduce carbon emissions over the next three decades. And finally, with storm season well underway, LIPA is raising the latest in a series of red flags over PSEG's rollout of a new computer system to manage customer outages. Mark Harrington reports on Newsday. Dot com that in a report to be delivered to LIPA's Board of Trustees today, LIPA staff noted it's difficult to tell whether the outage management system works as it should after they found a series of issues with PSEG testing protocols. The report notes that 36% of LIPA's own tests using PSEG's testing metho- methodology have failed to date because of inadequate documentation, poorly written test scripts, and scripts that plainly do not work. The LIPA tests are a prelude to a full system stress test that it still must conduct and verify to be certain PSEG's newly installed computer system works following a series of failures during Tropical Storm Isaiah, which saw 535,000 customers lose power for up to a week. Do you remember that? PSEG, in a statement to Newsday last night, took issue with LIPA's characterization, saying it has successfully performed and completed all testing. Uh, of the outage management system according to industry best practices under the observation of LIPA and New York State uh, regulators. Further, PSEG said LIPA's testing of the system did not demonstrate that the system wasn't functional, but rather that the LIPA testers could not execute the test scripts without assistance. They were developed to be executed by individuals with strong knowledge of business processes and outage management. Uh, management system functionality. PSEG said it will continue to support and provide outage management system training to LIPA and their consultants and respond to specific feedback and questions. Starting the music from all decades and genres with the East End's very own Caroline Doctorow, Nashville fiddle ninja Lily May joins us at the bottom of this hour for the Wednesday work segment, underwritten by Robert James Salon. Um, with Once Upon a Strawberry Queen, Ashley Hilary kicking it with us at the bottom of the next hour. I'm Gianna Volpe, your humble host of the WLIWFM weekday morning and midnight show, The Heart of the East End. And you, whoever you are out there, you know you're awesome. And you're listening to Long Island's only 
NPR radio station. minutes away from our Wednesday Works segment with Lily May. We've got Grand Funk and Old Dominion ahead of some gamble from Lily May's Other Girls record. Scrapping Chris Robinson Brotherhood, some gardens green. Just because we don't have the time, that's all right. You, whoever you are out there, you are some kind of wonderful and you're listening to Long Island's only NPR radio station, WLIWFM.
Oh, come on. Can I get a witness? Sticking to 2019 for these next two tracks, this is from Old Dominion's self-titled record. This is Some People Do. Willie Mae's Some Gamble from the Other Girls record on deck after that. Then Willie Mae herself here on the Heart of the East End. On Long Island's only local NPR radio station, WLIWFM. I know you're hurt. I know it's my fault. But I've kept, I'm sorry. Locked in a vault I know that time Just keeps going on And words by themselves Can't right all the wrongs In a world that's gone crazy You don't know what's true Most people don't change But some people do Some people quit Drinking too much And some people quit Lying some people decide to grow up, but it's never good timing. Most wouldn't forget what I put you through, but I'm here tonight, hoping some people do. Some people say sorry to hear it's okay, but I know it's not. So you don't have to say that you understand Cause I know you don't and neither do I That don't mean that I won't try every day To show you the truth most people don't change But some people do Some people quit drinking too much And some people quit lying some people decide to grow up, but it's never good timing. Most wouldn't forgive what I put you through, but I'm here tonight, hoping some people do. So whether you kiss me or you close the door, 
Some people do. I'm hoping some people do.
Some Gamble from Lily May's Other Girls record from 2019. Welcoming to the Heart of the East End for the Wednesday Works segment underwritten by Robert James Salon, Nashville fiddle ninja Lily May herself. Joining us here on Long Island from the City of Cranes for two shows in Brookhaven and Bellport tomorrow and Friday, respectively. Although I think she might have, we might have lost her. All right, I'm going to see if we can get her back because she was having some issues. You know how uh, Long Island is. I'm going to play the old standard whole blue heart. Well, unless now she's still not there. Ah, of course. This is what happens. This is why we can't have nice things, Jay. <laughs> Stand by. All right, I'm taking my I'm taking my shot now. I hate to interrupt my favorite track of yours, but good morning, Miss Lily May. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I'm doing good. How are you doing? Thank you. Very, very well. Now, before we get on with promoting the gig, the gigs you've got going on this week, I'm curious about your history coming out here. I was fortunate enough to see you perform at the Bell Curves Barn, thanks to WLIWFM's own Delaney Hafner. I'm a big fan of both yours and the Bell Curves, so I made my first attempt to sneak out and see music these past two years by going to that show, and I'd love to know more about that trip to Long Island from your perspective and any others that might have come before it. Awesome. Yeah, you know, that was such a special show and and, and so cool of Delaney and, and family. Like, what a great band. I've become a huge fan of their band, The Bell Curves. They're so, they're so great. Um, my friend Valerie Levine who has helped organize everything out here while we're out here. Um, she she had been telling me about the bell curves and and hooked us up with them, and it was such a fun, special show. And, and we listen to their music at home and keep following them online. But that was, I guess that was last year. Yeah, yeah. Um and uh yeah that was a that was a that was just a, that was a really fun trip we've been talking about coming back ever since then and finally so that was your first got, time finally got things arranged was that your first time coming out to long island then no um first time in a long time we per, my family performed out here years and years ago we've had some some um, lifelong family friends that were from here originally. Can you tell and us? And they brought us out years ago, and we performed at a horse ranch. Awesome. Many, many years ago. I love that. So you've got you've got the Hamlet Organic Garden gig coming up tomorrow with another in Bellport on yes. Friday. Can you tell us about both of those shows? Yeah, we're... 
I'm, we're, we're very much looking forward to it. My, my family, um, and, uh, my family's here, my sister Scarlett's here this time and we'll do the, um, at the Hamlet organic farm. Um, we're going to, yeah, we'll just, we'll be, we'll be playing hopefully, um, play for, for, for a good bit. Um, we're, we're really looking forward to it. It'll be a good time. Yeah. I've heard a lot about it from my friend Val and we're really stoked to go see it. All right. So, and that is, I'm just trying to pull up. I know it's like hog, I think it's hog farm org. That's, that's no, correct. No, yeah. no, it's not. No, it's not. Hold on. Hog. Uh, Here, hog. I, I think I on my, let's see. It's the hog farm. The hog org yes. is the place to get tickets for that. And then if, if folks miss out on Thursday, you're going to be in Bellport on Friday. Where will you be? Costello's Cafe. Okay, cool. I think I'm, I, I hope I'm saying it right. It sounds right to me. I've, I, I'm not and familiar. There's a, there's a, oh, okay. We, we, Val drove us past yesterday and there's a, there's a, 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 a little um, outdoor area, a little garden where they do where they do music at so we'll be performing outside there well, looks like a, a a lovely little place well we're very very lucky to have you out here with us on long island uh this that's week so, that's I, so kind thank I've you got, so much oh please it, I, I am I, as I, I mentioned a big fan and, and i'm curious you know uh, young artists and broadway hopefuls flock to new york the way movie actresses are attracted to la but Nashville is the place that country and bluesicians, as as I like to call um, y'all, flock to make it, as folks say. Since you moved there from Illinois, I'm curious about some of the markers or milestones that that artists look at or strive for when they're moving along their journey. Like, what what were and are three of yours uh, when you look back at uh, your whole story up until this point? What are some of the the, uh, the goals that you had uh, moving to Nashville? Well, I th- I think you know you know in, in my situation, my family moved there so young. Um, we've lived in Nashville since we moved there. I was eight years old. Oh, all right. And so, upon moving there, um, there was a, a a wonderful human being and legendary producer named Cowboy Jack Clement. And Cowboy produced music for Jerry Lee Lewis, Johnny Cash, Waylon Jennings, Charlie Pride, loads of people through the years. And he was uh, a wonderful songwriter. And he moved my family to Nashville. Oh, wow. And we recorded with him. So I think even just upon coming in the first place, you know, we, we had such a, a unique experience we didn't it we you know we and we had traveled through nashville and performed there prior to that but that was um probably number one um i think you know just you know there are different different types of musicians out there and i think i've been in it so long and my family's been doing this full-time since i was three that it's you know you don't look at the right you skip for, you know you skip the for, whole thing oh, when this happens this right. is you know 
it's just it's just you just live and breathe it right and and i have been um very lucky to have landed in some really cool situations when was the first time you uh musicians or when was the first time you performed at the ryman theater uh, it was with my family band, my brother and sisters. At the time, we were called Gypsy, um, J-Y-P-S-I. And we still perform together. We don't perform under that name. But the first time we played there was, I think I was 16, and we opened for Hootie and the Blowfish oh at the Ryman. It was their last tour. Dang. I think they've actually reconvened. I believe they're performing again. But at the time, they were retiring, and, and we opened the show for them there. Unbelievably um, cool. And I've, I've, yeah, yeah, that was it, that was a fun time. And the next time, I, I've played there a couple of times since then, and, and we performed there last September. We opened for Lucas Nelson and Promise of the Real right. there, my brother and sister did. <sighs> So cool. What do you what name are you so was, what okay. name are, are y'all performing under now? You know, just so I can uh add every single track yeah, to we, our discography here. Yeah, we we do so many different things. Um I we wow um I still perform under my name, Lily May. And then on this trip we're out here we're performing as the Richie Family Circus. Um which a lot of people have now since asked me if we're performing circus tricks, which I'm like, <laughs> no, no, not really. It's just a name that people have, a lot of people have called us through the years. It's like circus because we're right, a little right. out there. Um, but, uh, yeah, but, um, yeah, and you know, and, and we've, we've been performing as that or, you know, the Rishi family or um, just, yeah, we go out as different names in different projects. So this is going to be your brother and sister with you. Anyone else? Yes, uh, my husband, Craig, as well. It was just his birthday, right? It was, yes. So uh, <laughs> I love I love the circus element. And- it, 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 it gives you, not that you don't already have it, but it, it, it gives another extra access to be um, a little more playful with the things you wear and... Uh, any any sort of accents to the space, and of course, if you if you do want to go all out, you can always uh, hire someone to do some circus tricks. But you know, I want to. I would love to go all the way, <laughs> all the way back, Lily. Can you tell us about the first time you picked up a fiddle, or did you start on another instrument? Um, I've been playing fiddle since I was seven, but I did play other I started on guitar and piano before I played fiddle but I've been playing fiddle so long I certainly can't remember the first time right um definitely started um you know uh I think you know the first the first part part of uh of fiddle playing that came was uh my sisters and brother would play um and my first lines was bum bum, you know, like two notes. So started off small, yes, <laughs> you know, with a very small roll. But um, yeah, it's it's been a while. But I, I really um I I played guitar before then, and I've always enjoyed 
just playing rhythm guitar. I love it. So much fun. We can't wait to see you uh, tomorrow at Hog Farmstead in Brookhaven and uh, Costello's on Friday uh, in Bellport. Uh, before we let you go, uh, I I had planned so we we were, we did a uh, a show or, that we planned around uh, didn't I and uh, whole blue heart last week. Uh, I went with how for this one and uh, have a whole bunch of different how songs. Uh, the Smiths how soon is now on after uh, your track. Um, can you tell us a little bit cool. about about how? And then um, I know you have some news coming. You have, it's it's a secret, and I and I know you probably won't announce here. But uh, any hints about what's coming up for you? I know you you dropped out of a tour. Uh, looks like you're you're working on something exciting. Always, always working on exciting stuff. No, that was. Um, I have some new music coming out, and no, there 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 are some some exciting news but i'm i'm uh i'm not he better at this moment mm -hmm. but um no that was you know that was uh just uh you know a post to explain a little bit as to you know why i'm why i had to back out of a tour because we were planning on going out on uh, for the month of august and some things got rerouted but um there should be some new music coming out in in hopefully in August as Ooh. well. So, so that's long overdue. We're excited, and um, it'll be it'll be great to to get something new out. I haven't released anything since um, since right before COVID right. happened. So you did those like and we've done a whole those... lot of recordings since then, but just haven't had an official release on anything for a while. So. Right. It'll be good to to get that ball rolling again. Well, we can't wait Definitely. to hear it all. But um, also another cool thing about the, you know, like as we just you know call you know oh the circus or whatever. But our grandfather was uh, he was he was in the circus and he was uh an announcer for the circus. So that was Stop pretty cool. It. We get to hear some fun stories. Okay, wait a minute. So your grandfather was a carnival barker by all means. He was before he had 13 kids, so he didn't, you know, he didn't make a, a lifelong career out of it, but we get to hear some fun stories. I love this. Oh, my gosh. All right. Now, see, now I, now I just want to keep you. I'll let you go. I'll play how, but uh, that is oh, awesome, and it definitely, certainly makes it extra perfect that you're the Ricci Family Circus. I'm Gianna Volpe. That's Lily May. So is this. This is Hal from the Other Girls Record. So psyched to have her out here on Long Island playing at Hog Farm Stand. Uh, tomorrow, uh, you can go to thehogfarm.org for tickets uh, or check her out at Costello's Cafe on Friday in Bellport. This was the Wednesday Work segment underwritten by Robert James Salon. And you, whoever you are out there, you're awesome, and you're listening to Long Island's only NPR radio station, WLIWFM.
Honky Tonk fans, hang tight for some Buck Owens. Right after the Smiths, this is How Soon Is Now on Long Island's only NPR radio station, WLIWFM. 88.3 on the FM dial throughout eastern Long Island and coastal Connecticut. 96.9 in central and western Suffolk County. Online at WLIW.org slash radio.
Buck Owens, anyone? How long is forever? How soon is now or never? How long will these heartaches linger on? And how long will my baby how wide is the notion how deep is a devotion how long do these sleepless nights go on and how long will my baby be gone for I could never she could turn to another man How much does a heartache How deep is a heartbreak How long do these sleepless nights go on And how long will my baby be gone For I could never understand how she could turn to another man. How much does a heartache, how deep is a heartbreak? How long do these sleepless nights go on? And how long will my baby, how long will my baby be gone? You are right in the middle of the how long section of the set list, doing a little uh, test run for the how uh, all music edition of the heart here on Long Island's only local NPR radio station, WLI. WFM leading you into the NPR news break uh, with an artist. I played a song uh, from this record company of strangers recently. The artist is Colin Hay giving another track a try just because I enjoyed that last one so much. This is How Long Will It Last? We've got Charlie Puth and Ace on deck leading you out of the NPR news break after the local news update. I'm Gianna Volpe. This is Colin Hay and you, whoever. You are out there. You are awesome. And you're listening to Long Island's only NPR radio station, WLIWFM. Stay tuned. Ashley Hilary joining us at the bottom of the next hour for the Wednesday Wisdom segment underwritten by LTV Studios on WLIWFM. Asking you, how long will it last? 
With Long Island local news, I'm Gianna Volpe on WLIWFM, a Paxmobile that can dispense the antiviral medication Paxlovid at various Nassau County locations began operating yesterday. Medical personnel can dispense the COVID-19 drug Paxlovid for free from the specially equipped van to those who test positive for the virus. Paxlovid, which President Joe Biden is currently using for his COVID-19 infection, reduces the symptoms of the virus if taken within days of getting infected. Its goal is to prevent people from being hospitalized and more such centers exist in New York City but none are operating in Suffolk right now. Stony Brook Medicine is not doing mobile tests to treat uh, centers, but is giving PCR tests in emergency rooms and doctor's offices. According to Dr. Sharon Nachman, Chief of Pediatric Infectious Diseases for the Health System, it's also de- prescribing Paxlovid to people who test positive and will have no negative interactions with other medications they're taking, according to Dr. Nachman. Stony Brook has been able to speed up PCR tests and is now often getting results within two hours. A mobile site could be feasible if doctors know what the medications your patient is on when you are prescribing 
Paxlovid, according to Dr. Nachman, as reported on Newsday.com at the NASA Paxmobile. Uh, doctors will evaluate other medications like blood thinners that could interfere with Paxlovid and may require a blood test for prior kidney disease. The testing sites are using rapid antigen tests and no longer require PCR testing. Following up on the recent attack on Congressman Lee Zeldin during a campaign stop, it didn't take long for the incident to become the latest flashpoint in the political fight over New York's bail laws. Jonah E. Bromwich and Jay Root report in the New York Times that hours after the attack last week, Zeldin from Shirley Long Island and the Republican candidate for governor of New York, whose criticism over the Democratic-led changes to the bail statute has been a key issue in his campaign, said on Twitter that he expected the man arrested in the attack uh, David Jakubonis to go free. He then spoke at length when his prediction came true, emphasizing in news conferences and television appearances how Jakubonis's release without bail exemplified the issues with the bail law. But almost immediately, the involvement of Zeldin's political allies prompted questions about the incident. Many Democrats seized on the relationship between the candidate and the Monroe County District Attorney Sandra Dorley, who as recently as this week was listed on Zeldin's website as a campaign co-chair. They noted that the sheriff who filed the charge against Jackie Bonus, Todd K. Baxter of Monroe County, was also a vocal opponent of the bail law. And finally, they wondered why Jackie Bonus had been charged with second-degree attempted assault, a charge that is not bail eligible, virtually guaranteeing that he would be released, as Zeldin had predicted. Quote, I have no idea why a prosecutor would not charge the more serious offense said Charles D. Levine, a Democrat who serves as the chair of the Assembly's Judiciary Committee and is a former criminal defense lawyer. Here's a situation where someone attacks an elected official with a weapon. Could it have been, as some people are suggesting, that the charge was drafted in such a way as to allow Zeldin to complain about the bail laws in the state of New York? That I don't know. And quote, Jackie Bonas has since been charged federally with assaulting a member of Congress using a dangerous weapon. He has been held in federal custody since Saturday. A detention hearing is scheduled for today. And finally, rising inflation has meant paying in pain at the pump in grocery stores and elsewhere for local consumers. For East End retailers, the shifting landscape already affected by supply and chain issues and labor shortages has made doing business difficult this summer. And there's one type of business especially struggling, and that is hardware stores. Sophie Griffin reports on 27East.com that many hardware stores are in a bit of a unique position. Many are affiliates of cooperatives or companies like True Value or Ace, who set their prices and carry thousands of different products from cleaning products to screws and nails, tools and more. Price change is one big issue exacerbated by the large inventories of hardware stores. When prices of goods fluctuate, employees must manually change an item's cost in the store uh, through their electronic inventory management system, as well as replace the price tag. These price changes come from an affiliate or distributor and can add hours of labor. Hardware stores deal with many types of materials and items in different departments. So if steel is up, so are screws, hinges, etc. High fuel prices have made anything made out of plastics vulnerable to price fluctuation and increase. Paint, also a specific pressure point. 
These inflation and supply chain driven difficulties add to the erosion of local hardware stores business by online retailers like Amazon. And local hardware store owners feel like these issues will persist as long as the economy remains volatile and the supply chain is disrupted. Getting back to the music from all decades and genres, we've got Ace and Charlie Puth uh, with Jack Owens on deck, chasing Westphalia jewelry maker Ashley Hilary, joining us for the Wednesday Wisdom segment, underwritten by LTV Studios at the bottom of the hour. I'm Gianna Volpe, and you, whoever you are out there, you're awesome. And you're listening to Long Island's only NPR radio station, WLIWFM. I was drunk, I was gone, I don't make it right, but I promise there were no feelings involved. You gotta believe me when I say it only happened once. Mm-hmm. I tried and I tried, but you'll never see that. You're the only one I wanna love. Oh, yeah. She said, Why tell me honestly? Was it real or just for sure? She said, Save your apologies. Baby, I just gotta.
From How Long to How Soon, it's Jack Owens on Long Island's only NPR radio station, WLIWFM. The East End's very own Gene Casey on deck after that, then Ashley Campbell. How soon will I be seen? How soon will we have Ashley Hilary on with us? Just a few minutes. We've got Ashley Campbell and Gene Casey coming at you in your listening future. Uh, But first, a little Jefferson Airplane. This is How Do You Feel from the Surrealistic Pillow Record of 1967. Music from all decades and genres. Interviews with folks from all walks of life all morning and midnight. Long on Long Island's only NPR radio station, WLIWFM. On the 88.3 section of your FM dial throughout eastern Long Island and coastal Connecticut, 96.9 in central and western Suffolk, and corresponding sections of Connecticut, of course, streaming online to wherever you are at WLIW.org slash radio. You, whoever you are out there, you're awesome, and you're listening to WLIWFM.
Feeling great here in the WLIWFM studio, especially because we're finally getting out, seeing people, and being able to invite folks back into the WLIWFM studio in Southampton, New York. It is Wednesday at the bottom of the 10 o'clock hour. Um, one o'clock if you're listening to the replay, which means it's time for our Wednesday Wisdom segment, underwritten by LTV Studios. And I'm really excited to be welcoming on to the show Ashley Hilary of Chasing Westphalia, a once upon a strawberry queen who I met this past weekend at the Colored Colors Art Market at Jamesport Farm Brewery. Good morning, Ashley. Good morning. How are you? Very well. Very glad to have you on with us. All right. So, uh, so many things to talk about, one of which is why I walked over to your booth, and it was your name that that caught my eye first because I used to live on Westphalia in Mattituck. So that was my first question for you was, are you from Mattituck? Can you talk to me a little bit about naming your business Chasing Westphalia? Yes, absolutely. So I have actually lived in Southold my entire life, um, and I had a regular commute through Mattituck Town um, when I was working. Um, at somewhere else that wasn't my own business. Um, <laughs> so I would pass the sign every day and I'm a creative writer myself. So it's like my teachers would like teach me, they're like, fall in love with words, you know, like yes. you see a word that you really like, like, you know, like zoom in on it. So I kept them passing Westphalia every single day. And I was like, what a beautiful word. Like it's yes. just a nice word. So at around like probably 2017, I started like conceptualizing this whole sort of like fantasy world based on the word Westphalia. So like in my drawings and in my writing and everything else, I sort of started world building just around that word. So around 2018, uh, mid-2018, I started making earrings and it wasn't supposed to be like a big thing at first, um, but people started really liking what I was making. So I just kept on doing it. And then COVID times happened and I needed something to do. So I started um, just popping off and I started doing it full time, which was super fun. And then I went back to school and I had sort of a rebrand and I couldn't think of a better name to name it than Westphalia based on the other stuff that I've just been so interested in. So I guess that's kind of how it all came about. It stuck with you. No, no, I, I would love to talk to you about your laser printer and about um, the investment side. Uh, really sort of your... Yeah jumping off the cliff and and you know uh thinking that your parachute you could you can create your parachute on the way down as they say you went for it you spent six thousand dollars to buy a laser printer and and told me you paid it off in four months now this is this is a step that i feel like most people would really get stuck and say how could i ever pay it back and in and really your sort of leap of faith really paid off. Can you talk about uh, that that process and um, really kind of taking your business to the next level? Absolutely. So um, I invested in a Glowforge laser printer. So what it does is it can cut acrylic and wood mostly, but it can also make like rubber stamps and you can actually engrave on like phones and pastries, believe it or not. Um <laughs> So it's a super awesome machine. It's sort of like an all around. You can do a bunch of things with it. Um, so I was thinking about expanding my medium around 2020 because I was like, I think I really want to do this full time. 
um, after school. And I had I just recently graduated in June. Oh, from so, where? Um, let let, let the ago, folks I was like, let the folks know where you graduated from. Oh, yeah. Um, I graduated from Muhlenberg College with a degree in theater and studio art. Um, <laughs> and I focused on illustration while I was there. Um, so I really wanted to incorporate my illustration passion paired with jewelry making. And I thought that there was no better way than this machine. Um, which is awesome. So what I can do is I can illustrate whatever I'd like. And I sort of put together the pieces like a puzzle. But in terms of investment, I was like a little nervous to kind of like make a little leap of faith. Um, but I talked to other creators that were like, no, 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 like, like you should do it. You should do it. Like it paid itself off. Like it's such a great investment. So I was like, you know what? Okay. This is something that I really, really want to do. I'm just going to do it. So thank God for monthly payments. (laughs) Um, but I did actually, I was able to, um, make enough profits to pay it off in about four months, which was amazing. Um, so I definitely recommend if you're passionate about something and you're a little bit on the fence about making an investment. Um, I know I was, and I still am sometimes, but it's definitely worth it to take that leap of faith, especially if it's something that you really, really love to do and are super interested in and are interested in meeting other people on that platform. Like, don't hesitate to reach out to others that you meet online. Like, that's what I did. And it was awesome. Toward that end, what is your handle? How can people get in touch with you? Because uh, I'm really grateful to be showcasing someone like you uh, to those out there who might have parents who are poo-pooing them wanting to go into the arts or, or folks out there who are doubting themselves thinking, Oh, you know, if I, if I follow uh, my passion for art that I, I won't be able to make it. uh, You can. So how can people get in touch with you? Oh yeah, you, you absolutely can. So if you'd like to get in touch with me with any questions just about business or art in general, um, you can either email me at Westphalia, and Westphalia is W-E-S-T-P-H-A-L-I-A at gmail.com, or you can reach me through Instagram on the same handle. So, and it's chasing Westphalia. We lost you just for a second, right? Oh, so sorry about that. I it's have okay. no signal in Southold. Yes, it is chasing Westphalia. It, we had that same issue with our first guest. We had uh, Lily May, who is a, a huge, she's a... Uh, a country royalty, really. And um, it, we had a hard time getting in touch with her for the first segment. It certainly happens. It's a East End and Long Island issue for sure. Um, I wanted to ask you, because I feel like you might be a sister from another mister uh, with me in the way that um, I was I was homecoming queen and I would have never in in a in a million years have expected uh that I would be that was that the same story for you uh becoming strawberry queen or what cuz you are you're real cool you're different uh, did you expect to be crowned uh strawberry queen and 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 how does that happen how does that process even work yeah so i mean i had really had no expectations going into it um the first time so i was actually in order to apply, you have to live on the East End. Um, you have to go to high school in East Southfold, Greenport, Mattituck, or Kutchog. Um, And I, I'm not sure if they're including Riverhead now in that, but you can apply um, during the high school year. And then what you do is you have an interviewing process with the Lions Club committee. And what they do is they're like, what would you like to do for the community? Yeah, it's so awesome. Um, yeah, that's for the Strawberry Festival, Father's Day weekend every year. 
So they actually induct usually four or five people into the Strawberry Queen court. So the way that works is you get into the court first, and then there's this big dinner where you like you answer questions on the spot, and then you'll have a prepared question that you get to answer. And it's kind of like speed dating where you go around the tables and people ask you questions at like 10-minute increments. Wow. It's really fun. Um, I did it, yeah, I did it two years in a row. Um, so I didn't um, get it the first time, but I went back and was in the court again, and then I won it the second year in 2018. What a boss! All right, so what did you what did you say? What do you what did you want to do for the community, or what have you done? Well, I really was art focused, obviously. Um, <laughs> right. Uh, when I was in high school, I did a lot of theater, so I was focused on theater outreach and art outreach, um, and just art participation within the community. So made a big effort to go to a lot of the local like fairs and stuff like whether that be in like costume or not because <laughs> you wear like the scepter and the dress and right, the right. crown and everything um yeah and then just with like interviews and stuff I'd always be super passionate about the arts and then participating in the parades and the fairs and just being an advocate for arts on Long Island was very, super very important. super important stuff uh, as we've talked about the show numerous times including the last week theater uh, especially saves lives. Uh, before I let you go, Ashley, I know that you work one of my favorite places, Times Vintage in Greenport. Big hug to Liz Swigert, wherever she may be today. Uh, you guys have something coming up in the city. Uh, I just wanted to give you an opportunity to talk about the shop, um, about what's going on uh, this summer, and anything else that we haven't talked about or I didn't ask you. Amazing. Yeah. I mean, the Times is one of the coolest shops in Greenport or is the coolest shop in Greenport. Um, if you have a chance to go, please do. It's like this amazing blast to the past. You walk in and if there's hundreds of records right by the door and there's this archway with like disco, <laughs> disco theme and a disco ball from the roof. And then you walk in and it's just like decades decades through decades and we carry anything from the 1920s to the 1990s in clothes and it's just this amazing like fashion retro experience and Liz is a great friend of mine and I love working there um it's been like one of the best jobs I've ever had um it's so much fun um so she's doing a flea market I believe in New York City this week I don't have too much information about it but it's on the time vintage Instagram handle um, so you can reach her by there, and then you can see all the information on that page. Um, so Liz does amazing, awesome things for a bunch of local artists. She carries my products there. <laughs> she carries my earrings. Um, so if you're interested, you can head to the Times Vintage. Um, she also carries um, Wild Rose products, which is another local seller, and she makes candles, Zodiac-themed keychains, stickers, and all. Um, she actually did two custom candles for the Times Vintage that are limited edition only to there. And that's the Times Vintage and Dad's Rec uh, Dad's Vinyl. So those are awesome candles that you can get only there. Um, so yeah, Liz does a lot of amazing things for this community. Um, the Times Vintage is a must-see if you are on the North Fork. Seriously, stop by, take 20 minutes. <laughs> it's worth it. So commercial. We, I, I will give a tip of the hat to, to Michael, Liz's dad, um, and his uh, very extensive and, and great vinyl collection. Um, and just a note, folks, support local artists like Ashley Hilary. I definitely went over there and said, please take my money. Uh, you know, you, when it comes to local art, 
let's say jewelry, uh, you are looking at a little bit higher of a, a sticker price. It is worth it, especially because the money is going to a person like Ashley and not a corporation that certainly doesn't need uh, more money. Um, to close out the uh, Wednesday Wisdom segment underwritten by LTV Studios, uh, we've got another Ashley, Ashley Campbell. I played this track for you the other morning. I had an Ashley edition. It's called How Do You Know from the Lonely One record on deck after that. The East End's very own Gene Casey with How Do I Know You're Not Lying to Me Now. And then the one and only Whitney Houston, How Will I Know. I'm Gianna Volpe. That was Ashley Hilary. This is Ashley Campbell. And you, whoever you are out there, you are awesome. And you're listening to Long Island's only NPR radio station, WLIWFM.
I have lived and I have learned As far as I'm concerned I'm all the wiser now Going through the changes And the phases and the stages With you The many times I've been burned Still you return To take another bow Just lying to me now How do I know You're not playing That same song again Such a pretty tune Have I forgotten Too soon How it ends You say Changed and you will arrange to make it up somehow. How do I know that you're not just lying to me now? For the time here on earth, is it a Hearts that are broken and words that are spoken in the angry night. You beg and you plead, you say it won't lead to another round. How do I know that? Just lying to me now. How do I know that this time you will really be true? I've heard it before, and if I hear it once more, don't know what I'll do. You say that you. And you would not dare break another vow How do I know that you're not just lying to me now? How do I know that you're not just lying to me now? Gene Casey's 2017 record, Guitar in the Rain. How do I know you're not lying to me now? Hopping back to 1985. Whitney Houston, her self-titled record. How will I know? On WLIWFM.
Oh, yes. A little dance party from the WLIWFM studio to wherever you are listening to us from. Moving up the Marvin Gaye, the title track to his 1964 record. We've got Brandy Shearer, Third Eye Blind, and if we have the time, the Black Hollies leading you into the NPR news break at the top of the hour and the end of this edition of The Heart. I just want to take a moment to thank our guests this morning, Lily May and Ashley Hilary, as well as our underwriters at Robert James Salon and LTV Studios, as well as all of you listener supporters out there making our programming possible here on Long Island's only NPR radio station. I'm Gianna Volpe. This is Marvin Gaye and you, whoever you are out there, you're awesome. And you're listening to WLIWFM. A little love song to listeners of WLIWFM. It looks like I'm going to have to tuck that Black Hollies track in my back pocket. You can find it as a secret track if you look up this morning's edition of The Heart on the program page on WLIW. 
org slash radio and find the playlist. Uh, otherwise, you can wait for another morning edition when I kick it off with How Did We Get Here from the Black Hollies 2009 record Softly Towards the Light, leading you into the NPR news break with Third Eye Blind's How's It Gonna Be? But first, Brandy Shearer's How Glad I Am from the 2009 record Love Don't Make You Juliet here on The Heart on WLIWFM NPR Radio. Makes my love whiter than white. I'm in the middle. I can't hide loving you. And you don't know, you don't know. Just a note for those who want to join us this Saturday at Southampton Arts Center. It's going to be held indoors, SAC requiring proof of vaccination or negative COVID test with ID. Masks will be optional. <laughs> 